Section 23 of A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy by Lawrence Stern. Section 23 Maria Mouline I never felt what the distress of plenty was in any one shape till now. To travel it through the Bourbonnais, the sweetest part of France, in the heyday of the vintage, when nature is pouring her abundance into every one's lap, and every eye is lifted up, a journey through each step of which music beats time to labour, and all her children are rejoicing as they carry in their clusters, to pass through this with my affections flying out, and kindling at every group before me and every one of them was pregnant with adventures. Just heaven, it would fill up twenty volumes, and alas, I have but a few small pages left of this to crowd it into, and half of these must be taken up with the poor Maria my friend Mr. Shandy met with near Moulines. The story he had told of that disordered maid affected me not a little in the reading, but when I got within the neighbourhood where she lived it returned so strong into the mind that I could not resist an impulse which prompted me to go half a league out of the road to the village where her parents dwelt to inquire after her. "'Tis going, I own, like the night of the woeful countenance, in quest of melancholy adventures. But I know not how it is, but I am never so perfectly conscious of the existence of a soul within me as when I am entangled in them." The old mother came to the door. Her looks told me the story before she opened her mouth. She had lost her husband. He had died, she said, of anguish for the loss of Maria's senses, about a month before. She had feared at first, she added, that it would have plundered her poor girl of what little understanding was left. But on the contrary, it had brought her more to herself. Still she could not rest. Her poor daughter, she said, crying, was wandering somewhere about the road. Why does my pulse beat languid as I write this? And what made La Fleur, whose heart seemed only to be tuned to joy, to pass the back of his hand twice across his eyes as the woman stood and told it. I beckoned to the postillion to turn back into the road. When we had got within half a league of Moulines, 
at a little opening in the road leading to a thicket i discovered poor maria sitting under a poplar she was sitting with her elbow in her lap and her head leaning on one side within her hand a small brook ran at the foot of the tree i bid the postilion go on with the chaise to moulines and la fleur to bespeak my supper and that i would walk after him she was dressed in white and much as my friend described her except that her hair hung loose which before was twisted within a silk net she had superadded likewise to her jacket a pale green riband which fell across her shoulder to the waist at the end of which hung her pipe her goat had been as faithless as her lover and she had got a little dog in lieu of him which she had kept tied by a string to her girdle as i looked at her dog she drew him towards her with the string thou shalt not leave me silvio said she i looked in maria's eyes and saw she was thinking more of her father than of her lover or her little goat for as she uttered them the tears trickled down her cheeks i sat down close by her and maria let me wipe them away as they fell with my handkerchief i then steeped it in my own and then in hers and then in mine and then i wiped hers again and as i did it i felt such undescribable emotions within me as i am sure could not be accounted for from any combinations of matter and motion i am positive i have a soul nor can all the books with which materialists have pestered the world ever convince me to the contrary maria when maria had come a little to herself i asked her if she remembered a pale thin person of a man who had sat down betwixt her and her goat about two years before she said she was unsettled much at that time but remembered it upon two accounts that ill as she was she saw the person pitied her and next that her goat had stolen his handkerchief and she had beat him for the theft she had washed it she said in the brook and kept it ever since in her pocket to restore it to him in case she should ever see him again which she added he had half promised her as she told me this she took the handkerchief out of her pocket to let me see it she had folded it up neatly in a couple of vine-leaves tied round with a tendril on opening it i saw an s marked in one of the corners she had since that she told me strayed as far as rome and walked around st peter's once and returned back 
that she found her way alone across the Apennines, had travelled all over Lombardy without money, and through the flinty roads of Savoy without shoes, how she had borne it, and how she had got supported, she could not tell. But God tempers the wind, said Maria, to the shorn lamb. Shorn indeed, and to the quick, said I, and wast thou in my own land, where I have a cottage, I would take thee to it, and shelter thee thou shouldst eat of my own bread and drink of my own cup i would be kind to thy silvio in all thy weaknesses and wanderings i would seek after thee and bring thee back when the sun went down i would say my prayers and when i had done thou shouldst play thy evening song upon thy pipe nor would the incense of my sacrifice be worse accepted for entering heaven along with that of a broken heart nature melted within me as i uttered this and maria observing as i took out my handkerchief that it was steeped too much already to be of use would needs go wash it in the stream. And where will you dry it, Maria? said I. I'll dry it in my bosom, said she. Twill do me good. And is your heart still so warm, Maria? said I. I touched upon the string on which hung all her sorrows she looked with wistful disorder for some time in my face and then without saying anything she took her pipe and played her service to the virgin the string i had touched ceased to vibrate in a moment or two maria returned to herself let her pipe fall and rose up and where are you going maria said i she said to Mouline, Let us go, said I, together. Maria put her arm within mine, and lengthening the string to let the dog follow, in that order we entered Mouline. Maria, Mouline. Though I hate salutations and greetings in the market-place, yet when we got into the middle of this i stopped to take my last look and last farewell of maria maria though not tall was nevertheless of the first order of fine forms affliction had touched her looks with something that was scarce earthly still she was feminine and so much was there about her of all that the heart wishes or the eye looks for in woman that could the traces be ever worn out of her brain or those of eliza out of mine she should not only eat of my bread and drink of my own cup 
but maria should lie in my bosom and be unto me as a daughter adieu poor luckless maiden imbibe the oil and wine which the compassion of a stranger as he journeyeth on his way now pours into thy wounds the being who has twice bruised thee can only bind them up for ever end of section 23 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey